0: The message tonight is Steadfast Truth. And I, I pray that you will focus your attention because I, I really feel this in my heart. I was listening uh, to worship music before uh, coming out tonight and just letting God get into my spirit and this message get into, into my heart to be able to deliver to you. So I, I believe God has something very, very special. You see, here's what I know. The closer we get to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the greater spiritual challenges that we are going to face. It's like uh, an enemy that we call Goliath in in the life of David, that it seems like a, a enemy spirit of Goliath comes out every day as Goliath did to Saul and his army and just taunt them and just poke fun at them. And here's what we know if we're not careful And we see all the challenges that are there, and we say, well, what's going to happen next? Or how is this going to work out? And we don't know. Here's what we know, that that Goliath seems to challenge our faith and invoke fear, you know, and yet the Bible says, perfect love casteth out all fear, cause us to question what we believe. God, are you really in charge? Are you really in control? Uh, He creates frustration and confusion. And says, you know, how how are you going to deal with that? That doesn't make any sense at all. And and during trials, here's what the enemy does. During trials, he creates disunity often in families and in businesses. And you and I, that are nothing more than frail humanity. You might think, buddy, I'm strong, I'm big, I'm powerful. But let me, since the day you were born, you started dying. And God's got a date in which you're going to leave this earth through the power of death or the rapture of the church so we know that so don't think that boy we're just we got it all together because without Christ We are nothing. Not only that, we have reactionary emotions. We can be calm one minute and something just stirs us up and we're reactionary and and we have a disease-ridden body sometime that comes out of nowhere, something attacks us, or we have an unlimited thought process. Some people cannot turn their mind off they dwell on fear they dwell on what if they they dwell on the challenge they dwell on the unknown and, and they can't turn their mind off but you know what the bible says Hey, you control the will of your mind. Think on positive things, things that are true, things that are honest, things that are above reproach. But we know that we hear the cry of Goliath and it's out there. So we say, okay, we, we acknowledge that. We know that it's there. Well, here's what Goliath did. I, I find this uh, interesting in 1 Samuel 17. He came out, the Philistine, talking about Goliath, and uh, he said, this day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us let us fight each other. Goliath thought he was so positive, so powerful, won so many battles, beaten so many opponents that he could step out and say, I challenge and defy the armies of Israel. Well, you heard Sunday night, 1967, Syria. We know Russian made tanks and guns and not only that, Iraq was another there, and we know that Turkey was, was a great part of that, tried to come against Israel, but the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Joseph showed up, and we know what, we know what the story was. And you see, if we're not careful, when we hear that rhetoric from the enemy, then here's what we do. It's the same thing that, that Saul did. It said, on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all of the Israelites we're dismayed and terrified. Now I want to stop right here. I want to pause and I want you to listen. You're going to have to choose. We are going to have to choose. Culture is going to have to choose whom you believe. Who are you? What do you stand for? Does the devil rule your emotion? Does the devil rule what you think? Does the enemy rule the circumstance in your life? Or have you come come to a conclusion that says, I know that my God is in charge and is in control, and I'm standing under the shelter of the Almighty? They became afraid. Well, you know what? You and I can either be full of fear and afraid, or we can say we have something greater, and it is the anointing and covering of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Word of God. We must not forget ever, no matter what's going on, that the same power that directed David to take a stone in a sling and slay Goliath is still alive and still powerful and still defeating the enemy today. It is the power of the Spirit of the Almighty and he is the one true God. My God is present in every part of my life, whether I believe it or not. But we try, don't we? Human nature tries. Let me give you a couple of points here. You see, our efforts alone, our efforts alone are absolutely useless. They're just useless. We go to the Apostle Paul. He's telling his story tonight. He's an individual that was cast into a position and into a situation that was all new to him. So here he speaks in First Corinthians, the second chapter, verse number one, and he's speaking to a group of individuals who have, have come into the kingdom of God, the family of God, into the church. Others, others understand. Some are hanging on to their Jewish ways, and others are trying to find out what it means to be a Christian as we would understand it. He said, when I came to you, brothers— He said, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaim to you the testimony about God. And so Paul is in the middle of some very serious challenges at the church in Corinth serious challenges. And some of it is there were divisions. In other words, a different style of ministry. One guy would present a ministry this way and that style. Another would present it in another way and, and they'd get upset about it. And Paul said, hey, let's don't get upset about that. Not only that, the message of redemption was not totally embraced in unity. Some said, okay, if you're going to be a part of the kingdom of God, it's conversion alone. You confess your sin. Another said, no, 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 no. It's conversion and baptism. You got to be water baptized in order to come into the kingdom of God. We know the answer. If you confess with your mouth that you have sinned and believe that God died for your sins, then you are saved. And that's all there is. Then there are those that said, well, who has authority? Remember this church? is growing, and it's climbing, and it's strengthening, and there are many challenges. Who are the proper leaders that's going to direct everyone else and what is the definition of wisdom if we're going to seek wisdom another whose traditions are we going to example are we going to go back out of the old law eye for an eye we're going to take on this new law this new not necessarily a law but a a principle about faith and about trust and about mercy is that what we're going to do Paul was on fire Here's a man of great intellect that had a dynamic experience on the road to Damascus. All he wants to do is to present the gospel of Jesus Christ and he's having to deal with some of these challenges. You see, prior to salvation, the Apostle Paul, he was Saul then, lived and taught in a very complex world. He he was forced to lead as it relates to legalism. But when Jesus found him and his life changed, he began to realize that what he thought he knew as it relates to the law did not fit at all in the, in the spirit of mercy and grace. He knew the value. He understood the value of planned programs, the, the value of proper speech, the value of religious rhetoric, the value of systematic ritualistic routine. He understood all that. That's who he was before conversion. And the church was trying to get results from those new experiences while holding to the old message of the old law. Well, I know it says turn the other cheek and you forgive more times than you can count. But buddy, there was a law that says, hey, you get even, even, eye for an eye, you get slapped, you slap back. And that was their challenge. And their efforts, they were trying to blend the two. And Paul said, your efforts will be futile. And so here's what he said. Steps up, clears his voice, his throat, First 1 Corinthians 1.10, I appeal to you, he says, Brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another so that there may be no divisions among you and that you may be perfectly united in mind and in thought. In other words, he said, I want you to get your mind and your spirit. I want you to cut one another some slack. I want you to dig in and understand the principles that Christ taught, that Jesus taught when he was here not too long ago. I want you to look at the Beatitudes. I want you to understand what that meant. He said simply this, the gospel is really, really simple. I want you to know that it's not programmatic. You just can't program it. You just can't understand that. He said it's spiritual freedom you are free. You don't have to go to the temple. You don't have to take animals in there and slay those animals. You you can come in to the inner sanctum and Jesus, the son of the living God, will forgive you. And there is a place for spiritual wisdom that you guys are struggling with opposed to man's wisdom. And he said, you're going to have to relax and lean on God. And so then he says this, 1 Corinthians 1 25 for the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength he said listen none of you are in the driver's seat none of you are calling the shots none of you are the big eyes but all of you are under the covering of of the unity of the person of Jesus Christ. He says, when you understand that, you won't be holding out for what you think intellectually ought to be done. He said, you'll spend time in the presence of God. He said, you and I must face conflict in two worlds. That's what he's saying. And we do this every day. One is the, the world of reason. That, that's the natural part of who we are. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, that two and two, well, two and two is four, but you're saying something else. And then the other part of who we are is the world of faith that's supernaturally driven. In other words, here's what I'm suggesting to you, that you and I need to determine that we're going we're gonna to understand, we're going to be rational, we're going to behave rationally, But we're going to live on the edge to understand that sometimes in God's economy, things don't make sense. Sometimes God will whisper something to us that you just can't figure out. Sometimes things will happen and God will slide things into your life and watch how we're going to respond. Are we going to respond if it doesn't make sense and just period and walk away? Or are we going to say that I see that if it doesn't make sense? And it sneaks up on me. I'm going to find out. I'm going to rightly divide the spirit. I'm going to find out if that's God moving in that situation to see if he can. And then Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 1.20. He goes again, where is the wise man? Where's the scholar? Where's the philosopher of this age? Then he says, has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world. That stops in their tracks. They look at Paul and scratch their head and they think, here was, here's the smartest guy that we knew. Here's the wisest guy that we knew. Here's a person that could quote the law, who could set judges straight. And this man now is simply saying, Wow, what do, what do we do? How do we he he's saying, hey, where, where's the wisdom at? it's like he's lost he's lost his mind paul said i don't come with methods alone though i know them he said i don't come with rational persuasion he said i spent a lot of time in courtrooms trying to rationally persuade people why jesus was a lie why he was a hypocrite i ordered his death i watched stephen get stoned but he said i have nothing With all my talent and with all my experience, the only thing I have now is a testimony. And it's what God has done for me. Paul said, he changed my life. Wow, they step back and they think about that. This man was so persuasive before. And now he's an individual That virtually is giving up his self-will to follow the kingdom principle. You see, Moses tried methods alone. He thought, I'll strike the rock when God said, speak to the rock. You got to listen. Not only that, Balaam's donkey spoke, which was an unusual process because Balaam would not listen to God. And the donkey spoke. Boy, you think that won't get your attention? Joshua tried methods of success against AI. He thought that little community will take them out at the drop of a hat. We are powerful. And what the Bible says, God said, no, that's not the way I wanted." I, I told you what to do, but you were too busy doing what you thought you needed to do. And as a result, it says that small group of men out of AI routed Joshua and his men, and they ran off like a bunch of chickens. Peter was another that tried his own methods. He thought, I'm going to see what's going on. All the others have left. I'm going to warm my hands around the wrong fire. And he did. And little women came up to him and accused him and challenged him. And and what did he do? He thought he was so strong in his own power and his own might. And what did he do? He denied knowing Jesus. And the Bible said that he called curses down on his own life. Why? Why? You see, we have this walk of faith. We have this privilege that God has placed in our lap. We know that the pandemic is out there. We know all that. My Lord, you turn on, just go and turn on any station and you'll see that. But listen, there's hope in this book right here. There's power in the word of God. There is strength in the power of your prayer to say, I'm so fed up with this. Then go find a closet somewhere and get away. Not only that, Paul said, my, my only efforts are useless, but here's another. We have one message, only one. That's it. In other words, I'm not going to give you a catalog of messages and you choose. This is what he said. First Corinthians two, two, for I resolve to know nothing. You know what that means? He said, I resolve to know nothing. Those of you at home, you know. Nothing from nothing is nothing. You have it right. He said, while I was with you, except one message, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul makes the case simple. He said, my knowledge, which was superior, is nothing. He said, my experience before is nothing. He says, my history, my long resume is nothing. He says, my understanding of what I thought I knew is nothing. He said, because God works in ways that blows my mind away. Do you see how wonderful God has given us a privilege to be able to walk in faith? Do you realize that while others are whimpering and crying and others are living, many Christians are living a miserable life because they're still trying to have one foot on the side of reason and the other foot on the side of faith. They're trying to figure out their life, trying to question God, trying to do all kinds of things. And God is saying, hey, just leave that alone. Immerse yourself in the faith of following me. Only have one message. One message. What was it? Paul said it's simple. It's Jesus Christ, His suffering, His crucifixion, His burial, His resurrection, and His appearance before the ascension, and His ascension and then his visitation with me on the road to Damascus, which changed my life. Gentlemen, that is my message. That's it. That's it. People say, what is the stock market going to do? Only God knows. But here's what I do know. You put your trust in God, stay steady, and watch God move in your life. Paul continues to write First Corinthians one twenty-seven. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. And he chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify, to nullify the things that are. Here's all you have to do is take off your your coat of self-sufficiency. Take off your coat of doubt. Spend some time in the presence of a holy God and let him cleanse your mind. Let him rejuvenate your spirit. Let him rebuild your faith wall. Let him come in and communicate and commune with you. Take the time and watch what you see change. He will change your perspective, and you'll come to the conclusion, why am I worried about all these things? Why am I being challenged by all these things? Why am I letting that get to me? Why am I murmuring? Why am I complaining? Why am I getting upset when I know that my Redeemer lives, when I know that He cares for me, when I know He already has a plan to take me out of that? He said, I I came in weakness, and I actually came in fear and trembling, you see, Paul used to have his act together when in his old life, but when he came into the arena of the supernatural, those things he couldn't explain. Paul stepped out of a world he could explain into a world of faith, into a, a world of miracles, into a world of the supernatural that defied man's wisdom. And once he experienced that, he thought, I thought I was living before. Now I'm really living. I've seen miracles and people Changed by the power of God. He urged the believers, listen brothers, you that are in the church, you that are new, you that are struggling, you that are confused. He said, I I challenge you. He says, let God's word become life. In fact, let God's spirit control your thought life. Give God a humble spirit and bow down and worship. So in 1 Corinthians 3, 11, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that's already laid, which is Jesus Christ. The only one that's laid his name is Jesus. Focus on him. Amazing. John 12, 31. Now is the time For judgment on this world, now the prince of this world, will be driven out. But listen. But when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. So there is a great day that will take place in the midst of challenge. On the day of the rapture of the church, there will be all kind of challenges that are taking place in culture. But one day... Above every other noise and above every other sound that trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will rise first. And those of us who are alive and remain won't need a scissor lift to go up. It will be automatic. Finally, this is what he says. We have God's dynamic power. We used to sing a song Not by might, not by power. By my spirit saith the Lord of hosts. Not by might, not by power. By my spirit saith the Lord. This mountain shall be removed. This mountain shall be removed. This mountain shall be removed. By my spirit saith the Lord. That's an old song. But the message is still full of power but it is weak unless you believe it god said i serve it up to you that message is real it's strong you've got dynamic power so paul says this first Corinthians 2 4 my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words but with a what a demonstration of the spirit's power Have you seen any demonstrations lately that are positive? Have you seen any demonstrations lately that honor God? Have you seen any demonstrations out of your own life that wowed your spirit, man? If you haven't, if you haven't, maybe you just need to really listen and say, God, I'm going to need an anointing tonight. You see, when believers try to mix the supernatural power of God with man's wisdom, you are going to fail. And when believers try to preach a compromising message that only satisfies but doesn't convict, that will fail. And when churches are afraid to take a stand for the truth and become proactive with the gospel storming the gates of hell, we will be defeated and become defeatist. However, when we become available to the Spirit of God and we put on the whole armor of God, then, my friend, God will give us boldness. He'll give us excitement, authority, and confidence that the power that is within us, seated there by the birth of our Savior through the power of redemption, And in fact, moved forward by grace of the Holy Spirit, he says that we'll be demonstrators of the power of God. And the word demonstration there, this is what it means. It means producing visible proof as if sharing evidence in court. Paul said, that happened to me. I cannot deny the fact of what happened to me on the road to Damascus, brothers, He said, I was one person with one agenda and that was it. But when I was stricken with blindness and I couldn't find my, couldn't find my way at all, not 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 considered to be academic blindness, I could see nothing. My life changed. He said, I came alive. And when the Holy Spirit gets loose in your soul and your mind becomes captivated with the positive truth of God's Word, then there will be a demonstration of truth. Out of your life through the spirit of obedience, through the spirit of faith. Oh, yes, we can. Through the spirit of testimony. Look what God has done for me through the spirit of faith that says, I know what it looks like, but my God is able. Miracles in your life will be experienced. Somebody is experiencing them. And hunger for God will increase and excitement in your life. And our church, in the Christian community, you cannot contain it. It will happen just as a virus that we cannot see, only the manifestations of where it's been. And no geographical boundaries, seemingly, has pushed the stall button on the economy of many nations. But listen, there is one whose name is Jesus, who has the answer to every challenge, who is the healer to every sickness, who is the answer to every solution. If we just lean on him, Paul writes in first Corinthians two, verse eight, none of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, get this now, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him, but God has revealed it to us by his Holy Spirit. No eye, no ear, no mind. On this Wednesday night, some people refer to it as hump day. Well, I'm saying whatever that means, take the rest of this week and you go to bed tonight and you pray, you call out to God and you say, God, tomorrow when I wake up, I'm going to let this message burn in my heart. I'm going to be a demonstration of the confident power that I have in Jesus Christ. I'm going to be a demonstration of faith. I'm going to push aside those things that bother me and I'm going to lift them up as a sacrifice to you and say, God, You have it all under control. And if we do, the Goliath of this culture, when he comes out and tries to defy your testimony, you say as David did, don't worry about it, big boy. I come to you not in might, not in power, but I come in the name of Almighty God. That's who we are. Amen? Amen? Let's pause for prayer. Father, thank you for your word. And thank you for your divine anointing and your truth. Lord, we know, I know there are people that are there struggling. and Individuals that are challenged. There are Christians tonight who have been faithful in the church for a lot of years. Who've been sideswiped by the lie of the enemy. But nothing takes you by surprise. Lord, if you control us and the journey that we're in, you could cause us to go around every challenge. You could cause us some time to go over and to go under and go around. But we don't grow much when we go over and we go under and we go around. We grow when you take us through. And Lord, when you take us through, what a testimony we have on the other side. Lord, we're just pilgrims here in this land right now. We have a glimpse once in a while of the power and the love of God, but one day that trumpet will sound. And when we stand in your holy presence and we sing out Hosanna, 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 and we see the beauty of your face, we'll be ever so glad that we hung in there and that we did not get bogged down with the lies of a Goliath spirit. But we, like Paul, said, hey, I had a great life on the other side. That's what I thought. But at my conversion, God gave me a life that I cannot explain in any way, shape, or form. As a matter of fact, I'm prepared to die for what I believe in my God. So, Father, now there may be those, I know that they have sin in their life, and it's a burden. It's like a, a nasty little swipe on a white sheet and, and they need to get rid of it. So we're going to ask those of you out there at home or in the car or wherever you might be just to repeat this prayer. And you, you may say, we can't do that and I just don't feel comfortable here at the house. Well, say it in your heart, okay? Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. I believe you have a place for me in heaven I believe your hand of anointing is upon me so here's my life here's my faith here's my testimony use it for your honor and glory and I'll give you praise beyond my wildest imagination Lord for I intend to see a victory in my life and in my family. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'll see you Sunday morning, everybody. God bless you. So
1: let's you worship. Free, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Let's declare that tonight. You take. It. You take.